This is Fam. And this is Jonesy. And we are... The Twin Vipers. Podcast about martial arts and action movies. Jonesy, what's up, dude? Fam, I am feeling quite good right now. I had a little bit of a toothache earlier for the dental crowd that we've uh, drawn in uh, with the Twin Vipers. Big dentist. You know, I I get a lot of DMs. Yeah, hey. This is a Jim Weeks orthodontist. Love Twin Vipers. All we play is, you know, I'm making all this up, of course. But, you know, I uh, I took uh, some medication. It's feeling a lot better. So I'm ready to go. My mouth is ready. The the mouth the mouth muscles are ready. So the money maker for the, twin yeah. vipers. Time ready to burn to go. our keep, baby. <laughs> Jonesy, have you seen anything lately besides dental work? No, I did. However, uh, we the boys and I, my two sons, uh-huh. they are uh, Mandalorian junkies. Okay, like they'll ask me what my favorite Star Wars character is, trying to get me to say the Mandalorian. I'm always like, oh, Han Solo. And they're like, yeah, but what if um, what if it wasn't Han? Then I'm like, oh, Luke Skywalker. And they're like, no, but again... Do they not understand there's like a trio, actually six movies before the Mandalorian? No, because they're 10 and 7. So That's all they fair. care about is no, Grogu. And, and, but they love Ahsoka. So like, yep. I love Ahsoka. She's top sure. five for me. Um, yeah, but if you would have said Ahsoka, they'd also be pissed. Yes, they, they, they are... Like Mandalorian bed sheets. I got a Mandalorian forty-year-old mug for my fortieth birthday. Okay. Uh, so we have just watched. We rewatched the um, two episodes of Book of Boba Fett where Mando guest stars. So we're getting ready for Mandalorian season three. In the I was going to say, is this like the rewatch to get like prime? Yeah, we're ready. The, okay. They're all about the dark saber. Okay. So I mean. They're pumped, so I'm get I'm I'm right there with them. I was not. I'd gone on record to say I thought the best part of Book of Boba Fett was a uh, Cobb Vanth because I'm a Timothy o- uh, fan, If we've we've determined from my just really discussed, rewatch, yes. uh, and I love Cad Bane from Clone Wars, so yep. that was great. Rest of the show, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to dip my toe into the Star Wars fandom because sure. it's quite polarizing, yep. but. Uh, love Mando in this house. We're ready for season three. Yeah, I am too. I I, I actually need to do a rewatch because it's one of those where it's like, I really enjoyed season one, which I like rewatched. And then season two, I watched through and I thought it was good, but I never really did a rewatch just because it kind of didn't hit me like season one did. Um, but I, I, I will do. I mean, we're recording this the beginning of February, so I'll do that. Man, by the time people listen to this, they probably it's already like, watched yeah, Mando season three. Actually, yeah. <laughs> by the time they listen to this. So we record kind of early just because we have crazy schedules. So um, we're kind of putting some stuff in the can. So yes, by the time you guys listen to this, the Mandalorian would have already. Maybe I should I should pray it to be like I love the premiere of season three. No, no, because then we won't know. Because then they're asking. Oh, if it sucks, I'm I'm a deep. uh... I it's I I'm sure it'll be I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, All right, so Mandalorian, some Mandalorian rewatch for you. We're getting ready. I decided to. I fell into another franchise hole. And I watched all the Mummy movies. There's only three. Oh my goodness crazy. gracious! That's fine. How was the one with Jet Li? I never saw. Not that good. One. Holy <laughs> mother of God, that wasn't good. So it breaks down. The first Mummy movie I liked. Wait, have you seen them all or no? I've only seen. Uh, is it the Mummy? And I've seen Scorpion King. Well, the Mummy two has Scorpion no. King in it. So the Mummy two is, is that a, the one where they had the airship. Scor- there's a dead. Had- uh, that's that's Mummy two. Okay, so I think I've seen. 
Mummy, Mummy Two, and I've sure. seen the one with the Rock when he's like Scorpion King. Young, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, actually, I've seen Scorpion King, but I don't remember anything of it, so I probably have to watch it and log it. Um, it reminded me a lot of Conan. If Conan, was oh, they were trying Conan. to make that man Conan. Actually, yeah. Oh, he played Hercules. He was basically Conan. Oh, I never saw that that Hercules. I avoided I that like the plague. I don't know if that's good. I don't. I don't know if I want to watch. I probably have to watch that. Well, whatever. We'll figure it out. Um, Mummy One was great. I love Mummy. The Mummy movies. It's just a fun like adventure movie. Love Brendan Fraser. Rachel Wise, amazing. I just it was just fun. It was kind of goofy and fun. The second one was good, but they kind of fought the same bad guy they did in the first one. Right. So that was weird. Also, I just love like the mummy had to make those crazy faces like in front of nobody, and then like, oh, now you're a tidal wave with the face, uh, like eating the plane, like that kind of thing. So, I remember the first mummy movie being like a big movie, and like even the secondary market. It was like huge. my dad bought the VHS. It was huge because like I don't know if there was really any kind of that Indiana Jones adventurous s kind of movie that's been yeah, out but since that was Indiana definitely Jones. the vibe. Like the Rick O'Connell character was like indie. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, he was, he was, he's just like he's a goofy, fun-loving guy that goes on adventures and fights. He had that, those like cool suspenders. Like that was his thing, right? He, yeah, it was he a good had look. like the white shirt with the flap or it yep. was like a Henley. Yep. Yeah, I, re- I remember digging Brandon, Rick Brandon, as, Brandon a, Fraser as a role looking, model. Looking hella stylish. Oh my God. Um, remember when Brendan Fraser was built like a brick shit house? Do you remember those years when he was just ripped all the time? George so of the saying, Jungle? Tar- yeah, George of the Jungle and Sino Man. Yeah. Airheads. Yes, I love. I mean, that. not that I, I don't think Brandon he looks good now. I think Brendan Fraser is is a good actor, and yes, I mean, there's a reason why he's popular. And I'm glad he's I'm glad he's getting the love he, he he's getting now for sure. Most for, assuredly for deserved, 100. Absolutely. So the first two are fine. That third one, the yeah. lack of Rachel. Kiss of death. So Rachel. So Rachel Wise is not in that movie. They recast her. They recast Rachel so the Wise. Reason, well, the reason is is because so in the second movie there's a kid. They have like a kid. Yeah. So in the third movie is like the kid is like 21 years old. And supposedly I think they were saying like she didn't want to. I don't know how she can play a mother of a 21 year old when she looks like young as hell. But she's still like a smoke show. Even Absolutely. now, oh, yeah, in the Black oh, Widow movie, she looked younger than Scarlett Johansson. Uh, she, yeah. So um, so they got Maria Bello to do it, which I like. Maria. Bello, oh, I like but, Maria Bello. But it was but it was choice. like but it's one of those where they did the scene of like. Her, they're photoing her, you know, taking a, a video of her behind the head, and then it's like, oh, it's a different person. So oh. it's just like, uh, I kind of want to watch it just to see what sh- kind of train so wreck it is. You should. Okay. It's not great. Also, Michelle Yeoh's in it. Oh, well, then, okay. That's a lock. I'll sure. be watching that. No, just you have to get it out of your system and watch it. Yes, Jet Li does fine, but it's a lot of CG, and the premise is feels very... They try to do like a crystal skull thing where they're like, it's, we're passing the torch on to his kid. And I'm like, yeah. okay, it's fine. So I went, fell right. into the mummy, mummy hole. I, I've got, <laughs> fell into the mummy tomb. And yeah, the first the mummy hole was a different, different franchise that we God. shouldn't go into. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Please don't Google that. Um, so the first two were fine. The last one was bad. And I'm sorry. It's bad. Okay. because You know, uh, I'm bummed. Jet Lee and Michelle Yeoh. Yeoh. God. I know. I didn't expect. To. Oh, also Russell Wong, which I'm a big fan of Russell Wong. Wow. All right. So that that's a trio of great uh, Hong Kong originating actors. Did you? Yes. Which I also found out Russell Wong is the brother of Michael Wong, who was Michael in freaking Rural Warriors. No way. I, 
I'm almost positive, right? Because I'm like, there's a wall, there's a, there's a, there's a distinguished family. So I like, I remember him from like Vanishing Son, like back in the day, or like, I don't know. Russell Wong's great. He was also cool in like Joy Luck Club. That's like a weird Asian get, but I like, or, you know, Asian reach, but like, I love that. And I love Joy Luck Club. But anyways, there's going to be like a sixth, like, if we ever blow up, there's got to be some kind of Twin Vipers drinking game where we connect all these people together. They got to drink every time there's like a six degree separation of Michael Wong. No, it's a six degree separation of Michelle Yeoh, which no, no, you'll just die because I yeah. think I think <laughs> like interconnectedly Michelle Yeoh has been in the seven or the ten movies we've done so far. Somehow. Good, I'm in it. <laughs> Let's go. More say, Michelle Yeoh. Who love. knew the Twin Vipers would really be a Michelle Yeoh retrospective? <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'm in. Um, but today's movie. Today's movie does not have Michelle Yeoh in it. I had to actually regretfully double check. Nah, I know it's a bummer. We were on a streak. We're on a good. We were on a hot Michelle Yeoh streak. But Jonesy, why don't you tell the folks about today's movie? All right. Well, we have Steven Seagal playing the strangely named Aaron Boyd, a Detroit native. Somehow, Let's see if this sounds familiar. Rogue cop who only always gets the job done with action and somehow a keto. And he is a uh, disgraced, but guess what? Just because he got busted down to a beat cop doesn't mean he's not going to bring the justice. Out for justice, you might say he is. DMX, rap god, is a misunderstood yep. criminal, maybe, who is also circling the same group of crooked cops bent on Selling drugs, making money, and when these two men enter, who could tell when the exit wounds begin? Jesus I just, Christ. I know, I made that up. Top of my head, it's it was fine. Terrible. It's good. No, it's good. I just want to. I want to. Before we get into it, sure. I would like to just say some names in this cast besides the obvious: Steven Seagal and DMX, Isaiah Washington, yes, Anthony Anderson. Yes. The beloved Michael Jai White. Yes. Uh, Bill Duke, who I've seen in a ton of TV and Bill love. Duke is amazing, yes. Tom Arnold. Yes. My favorite actor from many films, including uh, The Last Boy Scout, Bruce McGill, uh, who plays the, yes. the crooked chief. Ava yes. Mendez. Ava Mendez, get the money. Yes, she's great. I mean... The, Drag on, drag on, drag who is, on. Who is the brother? Who is the the his brother in jail? Who plays uh Sean Rollins? Yes. I mean, this is a ton of. But this is like the A list of B list. I mean, was, I, I mean, I'm not putting, over. I'm not putting, I'm not putting Eva Mendez in the B list, but yes, I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, sorry, my apologies to Ava Mendez fans everywhere, and Ava herself, who I know is probably personally listening. I'm a big fan. Uh, loved you and Hitch, but. This is a crazy amount of star power for Steven Seagal, who who is starting. I mean, and I don't want. I know you love the film. He's starting to flag in this movie. I feel like this is the movie where he is using a lot of cuts, not using a lot of Sir, a keto. That edit, yeah, that editor was getting paid. Actually, that man was working overtime for them. Steven Seagal. I cuts. Mean, there's a fight, and we'll get to it, where he fights a very talented martial artist in this movie. And you could tell that martial artist was moving like 30% speed to give Steven time to react. Yeah, there's a... Um, Steven... <laughs> I, was, I had an analogy for this. Steven Seagal... Steven Seagal fights like as if the world is buffering, but he's not. Yeah. 
It's just exactly. like everything is in slow mo. What is happening? So And it's it's really noticeable when he switches to Aikido. Like those are moves he should. But he's be only able got like do. six moves though. We got we we'll go over it. But there's only, yeah. he's only got like he's only got like six moves total. So a lot more action scenes than fight scenes. I mean, actually, there are a good amount of fight scenes. So we'll just go over it. It starts off with the movie. You know, one of the big action scenes is basically the vice president is getting, yeah, trying to get, you know, couldn't afford the president in this one. We just got the VP. You got the VP. You know, Steven Seagal shows up late to the press conference because, of course, he does. Right. He then, um, there's basically an attack on a bridge because with a helicopter that has "Have a Nice Day" on it, which is like, it's pretty cool. Can't. That's kind of no, not inconspicuous, that, but sure. I, I thought with this sequence popped off, I said, okay, this is prime time, Steven Seagal. Sure. I mean, this is a lot like uh, Under Siege, where he's just like the one man army. Oh yeah, he literally. There's what at one point he drives in. He sees a there's a delivery man. He shoots the delivery man in the chest from the car. Yep. And then he steals the truck. So the funny part is, is he wears the hat. He wears the delivery man's hat while he's, he's running into the other. So basically, motorcycle cops are surrounding, or motorcycle uh, cops disguises, or uh, the the kidnappers disguises motorcycle cops are surrounding yeah, the car. They they invade the motorcade, and there's there's secretly a uh, like a Detroit militia. Sure. Who don't want to give up their guns. So they're sure. coming for the vice president. Sure. So they then, so Steven Seagal gets in there, drives the car, just starts ha- every, handing everybody their A with like shooting them and stuff like that. One of the, one of the secret service guys for the vice president was like, we got this under control and then immediately get shot. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> like, and no, this- we don't. No, you don't. You don't have this under control. Get in the car, get in Steven Seagal's delivery van, please God. One of the things that confounded me is the Secret Service is, is on an open channel, which sure. is, well, I guess, would never happen. But they're telling the cops, don't give us support because we don't know who's who. There's sure. like four of them. And like three of them die pretty quickly. Also, so, don't you don't you not get out of the van? Yeah. I, is it a protocol to stay in the armored limousine? I don't know. Not? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I know. Think, I think we're getting a little too... Uh, we're getting a little... Yeah. Especially disbelief. But one of my favorite tropes of all time is in this movie, which is a unlimited clip. Oh, so yeah. Those Ste- guys are going. Steven carries this movie, a 1911, uh, which, of course, has custom grips, which is a strange sidearm for anyone to carry. Yeah. Famously, eight rounds, seven and one in a pipe. And uh, I think he fires 100 rounds out of sure. the pistol. And the sound design has it fully automatic like he's shooting an uzi mm-hmm. i it was i laughed out loud each time yeah. he fired it on screen it was mind hilarious. you i think all the guns in this movie were basically full automatic yeah there's no, there's no regular there's no like revolver everybody has just had unlimited bullets i think the only time we see a revolver in the film it fires 40 shots sure. somehow so this is a quick act. I mean, it's a fairly quick action scene. This basically is just the base of you're reckless and we're going to send you yeah. to this other precinct where it's also reckless. Like he's playing rigs in this basically. movie. Yeah. So the next kind of action scene, which I am, we, we're going over is. Oh, yeah. The, he gets sent to like anger management. He gets out. People are trying to break into his, tr- his truck. His POS Long Dodge bed, Dodge Ram. I mean, I, yeah, I drive like a Dodge li- Ram. Just a horribly lifted Dodge Ram. Yeah. Um, 
So the fight that he gets in with these like thugs, like f- it takes five people to break in their car and they can't even break into the car. Yeah. So they're just talking S by the time he gets th- outside. They're just talking S. And this is like Steven Seagal hand to hand combat. Yeah. And this, this is man, where you see. Go ahead. You no, know, no, you go. This is where you see the cracks. In my <laughs> this opinion. Is where you see the, yeah. Yes. I mean, if you if you go back and watch like the bar fight above the law, Steven Seagal is legit. Sure. This is not the same man. No. Everybody is taking the moves that he's giving them with the force of a fucking hurricane. Yeah. And, and Steven Seagal takes a guy and throw and just just a normal shoulder throw over the body, throws this man so hard he crashes through the windshield of another car. It, impossible. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I, there there is a really great move he uses in there where he goes bladed puts his right arm under the armpit of the other guy and uses his neck as momentum yes. to flip him that looked yes. great sure that looked great but did it have did the guy's body have to accelerate a hundred miles an hour no uh, oh no but and also how do the other four guys know to take turns Cause they just said they're like, okay, they're gonna okay, and now I go. I yep. feel, I oh, swear yeah, to God, oh, yeah, I can see oh, them nodding. Movies. Your turn. Okay, all right. Yep. So basically, Stephen is then do using. He's got one of his special moves. Stephen's special moves is the arm bar, turning them around and pushing down. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yep. It's, Standing it's, arm bar. Yep. It's I I believe it's like an Aikido staple. Right. It's uh, yeah, so that's one of his moves. Well, and judo, jujitsu. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of arts use that move. Yeah, he's doing a lot of like waist throws, um, and then it kind of g- culminates to the end of Jonesy. I have I have a question. I'm, I'm listening. When they when okay, um, so the phrase "faster than a speeding bullet." Who do you who do you initially go to? Who do you initially think of that? Obviously, Superman. Okay. Did you know or, there's a second person? I I mean. I would think he's even faster the way he dodges that cocked revolver. Oh my god. So there's a guy that literally has a gun point blank to the back of Steven's head. Mm-hmm. And he just nudges out of the way. No, he just nudges out yep. of the way. No, he nudges out of the way, dodges the bullet, then he does a break dancing he drops down, breaks a uh, does a break dance freeze, which is basically posting up your hand, kicks in the air, and then attacks the guy. So did you did best, you notice they the have to do the world. they have to do three cuts because in the first take and they I guess they could, it was the best take his ass touches the ground like he fully falls yeah he doesn't make the that kick ass up. yeah that ass is dropping 100%. so they they edit the kick up back in like he's not a younger man no. he's not a young guy anymore like I feel like they filmed it in re- they filmed it and had to do it in reverse a hundred percent he's probably. Falls Falling. in that position and then yeah. hit it reverse. I exactly. totally agree with you. Oh, it's the best. It's that's the most. It's the most asinine kick I've ever seen in my life. And you're just like, it's just a kick that nobody of his body type could do. Number one and number two, like none of the moves that he previously did show the flexibility that he did yeah, in that move. That his, move was crazy. That his move legs was like are so long. Like right. He, like his body, you're, you're absolutely right. His body type doesn't lend itself to like kickups. That's like a Mark Dacascos Capoeira ass kick, and like yeah, going like somebody has shit. like crazy core control and does a more ground based martial art. Imagine they had to get like imagine they had to rig him with wires for that one kick. I well, you know what I and I don't want to spend a wire work you know, was used an hour in this movie. I'll tell you where. 
Yeah. But like, you notice he doesn't take his shirt off in this movie because he's starting to let himself go. So they put him in a lot of- Did he of ever untuck- take his shirt off in any movies? Yeah, of course, 100%. Okay. Uh, well, God, please don't fact check me because I don't know and I'll just- I know, I just, I'm, I'm used to Steven Seagal and like the full wears. Do you know what I mean? Right, maybe, maybe, it, maybe it's always been a tank top, I don't know. But sure. like at one point he was in shape. Sure. They try to hide his beer gut with like untucked shirts at all times. Yeah. The only problem is like during the action scenes, it gets pulled tight against his abdomen and it looks even worse. Like he looks bad. Sure. But he could do that kick though. Yeah. So, oh, well, props. How many stunt does yeah, stunt coordinators did it take to make that look the way it did? How many, how many people were holding that rig to just like get a look, man. I mean, if you can do it, Steven Seagal, do it. But that kick looked wild as hell. Is all I'm saying. But he did it, yeah. and they made him. They made him do it, and and he looked all right. But it was janky, but we got there. We got we. I will say he never pulled off one of those kicks ever again in the movie. <laughs> no, I, maybe yeah. that was the last shoot of the film, and after that, he's like, "I'm done." Yeah, that's it. He's like, "In my contract, never again." Um, so that was a wild first fight. Later on, he basically runs into a. Uh, he basically runs into like a sting operation quotations that he kind of messes up where he gets introduced to DMX, which then he gets in trouble and he gets turned into traffic cop. Yeah. So, so the only yep. reason I bring up the traffic cop thing is, oh, actually two reasons. So I bring up the tra- traffic cop thing. He gets back to the station. I, this is one of my favorite parts of this movie. He gets back to the station. Supposedly, mind you, this is like a dysfunctional precinct you know that he's kind of get sent there to kind of like he's literally just like he's on punishment right he's just getting like mailed off to like alaska a a watch post in alaska he's just like just go away kind of deal they're tasing in the locker room all the guys are tasing each other for bets (laughs) which is awesome (laughs) i feel like i feel like if i would be in that gang i was like tase me bro tase me as hard as you can (laughs) just like yeah, they're just literally taking bets on each other. I'm like, yo, man, turn it to 30. And then they're just like tasing each other. So Steven walks in and the guy that he arrested on the sting on accident is there. Uh, and they're basically doing some hazing and they're like, you know, oh, what are you chicken? Da-da-da. He's like, all right, fine, do it. And the guy tases him at full strength and he t- tases him right in his gut. The yep. guy is like tasing him in his gut and he's like, He's literally doing the thing where like he's sustaining it and everybody's like shocked. Like, oh my gosh, this man's not human. And then he drops to a knee. That's it. He's not allowed to take damage. I mean, he took some. Yes, he was stunned and he didn't take damage. Correct. That's it. And then he like he gets it on the guy. Then he takes the guy in the neck, which is like the craziest thing I've ever seen. in my life. Just like straight to the back of the spine. I was like, dude, man, Steven Skull's crazy. Guy gets pissed. We get to see Michael Jai White. Throw so, that sweet elbow block. Right. So, the, yeah, that's why I brought this up is because that was the introduction of Michael Jai White in this movie. That is the clean, uh, that block stays on my head forever. That is the cleanest block I've ever seen. That is like the most badass block I've ever seen. Basically, what happens is the, the big, the main guy that's going to punch Steven is winding back. So he reaches his arm back. Michael Jai White puts his elbow in the interlock elbows and he pushes them to stop. So he's literally like freezing him in the air. Mind you, Michael Jai White's like backs all like just popping. That man is just looking swole as hell. He's looking great. Michael Jai White's killing it. He's one of those actors that gets more in shape the older he gets. Yeah, he's just going to be that. One of the undisputed movies like he does, he is so jacked. He looks like he's like the Michelin man. He literally did. 
a promo for Midnight Suns, which is a video game um, for consoles and PC. And they had him. They had him do. He did because he read the lines for Blade in it, and he had him dress up as Blade, and he looked sick. Oh my god! Michael J. White as Blade. Michael, I'll take that. Any oh, day. I know. I know. That would have been cool, but he's getting he's getting up there, but he still looked good. Anyways, yes, the introduction of Michael J. White. That block is my favorite block. Yeah, ever. I love so that thing clean, so much. and you know he did it in like two takes because he hooks it so perfect. He's so it's so good. So for anybody like. Uh, new listeners or, or people who listen but are not martial arts um, aficionados, uh, Google any fights and behind the scenes of Michael J. White. He is legit. He's great. Like, he is one of the few actor martial artists that I believe could take fights and do really well. He could do well in the UFC. Like, he's a legit martial artist. Oh, I'm sure. The dude's stacked. The dude's stacked, and he's just like super flexible. He just looks that man is forever. I mean, my introduction to him was like the Spawn movie. Yeah, but like he's been like that dude ever since. Like that dude don't age. Like no, he's, no, he's he's such in perfect shape, and there like his technique is so good too. Yeah, like it's so. I, I want to use the word crisp. Yeah, he's crisp. He's good for sure. I'm trying to think what else happens after this. There's a there's a ro- there's a robbery at like a building. Yeah, not even a robbery, but and basically Steven Seagal being the super cop that he is just stumbles upon it. Hundred percent with his reason, new partner Isaiah Washington. The reason, no, the reason I bring that up is because when he gets down, it's just, this part made me laugh. When he gets downstairs, he basically rescues the hostages, and then he goes into a um, the police van, surveillance van, and he flashes his badge, and he's like, "Let me see the video," and they're like, "Sure," and I'm like, "Hold up, this man is a parking cop. <laughs> Why are you yeah. listening to him?" Like he's basically under uh, whose authority do you have it, to listen to this man? What I what I couldn't figure out is like what rank did he hold prior to him going to the fifteenth precinct? Just like detective, probably. Well, he was plain clothes, so I imagined a detective. But like, I would not expect that a traffic cop would have any authority over what are probably two detectives. That's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. like, why are you? I was literally like, why are I'm you? Just, listening I'm just to this on man? the same page, like. What exactly is his rank now? Because he's in a uniform again. Yeah, it's a, it's hilarious. I was just like, why are you listening to this man? Please turn around. Just kick him out. Just kick him out. Yeah, well, I, don't dig too deep. No, this movie this is not a deep, this movie is not a deep movie. This movie is a this movie is just a movie. It's fun yeah, though. That's it. Total turn your brain off and have fun movie. The next fight is Steven Seagal is investigating basically who the DMX club. is. Then yep. he goes to the club. And what happens at a club in a martial arts movie, fam? Always the club be, gets always busted AB, up. Yeah, always be fighting. Yeah, the so he sees he sees uh, Anthony Anderson, and you just you just you see a you don't see his body. You see a kick a leg come out with a sea of people, and then just kicks him to the bar. And it's kind of oh, I I love that part. Yeah. I, I and actually I liked Steven's choreography in this, which I can't say a lot about a lot of scenes in this movie, but I thought. He was very smooth. He does. He does a lot. Yeah. So basically, this ends up being Steven Seagal versus two of the bouncers, which are just huge yeah. dudes, which looks great. If I could jump in one thing, I and I, I wanted to make a note and I, I put it up uh, in my discord notes. I did appreciate the fact that, you know, keto is a is a joint locking art. And if you have an opponent who's very muscular, joint locks don't really work. And that's what are the demystifying things about martial arts. People think you know, like you're always going to get a joint lock. Well, not really. 
if someone can overcome you with musculature, you're not going to get a lock or it's going to be very difficult to get a lock. And that is really shown to be truthful in this exchange with the two bodyguards. He goes for his Akita locks and they're just not effective. Mm-hmm. So I do like the fact that he is forced to kind of strike, which is he's, he's not really known for in the movies. He's very, you know, more of a stand-up grappling kind of martial artist. Yeah. And, but he's forced to strike here. I thought that was a great choice. I like how he had to kind of like uh, disarm with the chain. Yep. And kind of use a weapon. Uh, Boy, I did think they're... it was ridiculous that he backflipped out of a choke. Impossible, okay. but okay. Yeah, that's what I was. I was gonna say. You're like, boy, that flip over over this entire that man did a stand a cartwheel over yeah. a six foot guy's body, and it was wild. A taller opponent. 100%. Yeah, that's okay. I, like... I can I can forgive that because the other attention to detail kind of outweighs that moment for me. Yeah. So basically, this is a very uh, environmental fight. Like the bouncers are ripping off chains and ripping off like yeah. light tubes. This so is like classic to... Steven Seagal. This is using 100% bottles and kind of, you know, using joint manipulation. I, but I, like I said, I love I love the fact that it, it's not effective. So the ending, f- the ending fight sequence in this is Steven Seagal gets a chain wrapped around his fist. He punches a guy in the throat with the chain. He then uppercuts him with the chain, and the guy's in the air, and he punches him in the nuts. So that's a very Steven Seagal like direct to DVD, like in some of his like direct to DVD <laughs> movies. Where he will, the person will be legitimately like parallel, their back parallel to the ground. Yep. Like if they were floating and then he punches them or they in the in the nuts or shoves them, but they fly parallel to the ground. Yeah. So he literally punches this big Samoan dude in the nuts and then he's like, ah, and then he like slams into glass. For no reason. Like it's a cut. No, it's wild. It's like we had this sugar glass pain. Let's just break it real quick. Sure. Yeah. It also was, one uh, of my favorite tropes. I mean, they've got, yeah, look, that club had a lot of glass, which was all used for sure. So that was another, that was one of the other big fights, which I think there's only like really the last one is is the, the last big one, if I'm staying corrected. There's a bunch of, there's a bunch of chase action scenes that go on. Yeah, there's a, there's a legit car chase. Oh, so we got to, oh, I got to talk about the quick reveal. Okay, so, sure. Michael Jai White, through the movie, he seems like he's very much on like, there the, on on Steven Seagal's side. He's very well regarded. Like people, he's the good. Yeah, yeah he's a good, yeah, the go-to guy. The number the one cop of the precinct. Yes. So the defense Steven early on. The only thing I don't like about it is because there was another um, scene where basically it it strengthened the fact that like this is the good cop. He's the best. And then the next scene after that, he's like, no, he's the evil guy. Like immediately. Yeah. Dude, like, I did not any, expect like, him to turn heel. My first viewing, I expected DMX. I like, I fell for it. Like DMX is the bad guy. Sure. Yeah, he's running the streets while his brother's in jail. Sure. But I wonder if that was like DMX was like, no, I have to be the hero. Or a hero. Like I wonder if he was like I, the original I mean, role I don't think was. That, I mean, I don't think there's a role that and DMX has actually been in a bunch of these action movies. There isn't one where he's Is he really? really? Oh, he's in a lot. He's in No um, way. I thought this is his only role. Am I, no, I he's in, he being DMX? He's in Cradle to the Grave, he's in Romeo Must Die. Oh, uh, same director. Okay, yeah. all right. That that makes sense. I yeah. think Romeo uh, Romeo Must Die is on our our list as well. Oh, it's on our list. Also, Cradle of the Grave is also on our list. Yeah, that both so, are yes. Jet Li movies, they, if I recall. All these, yeah, all those kind of like kind of fold into each other. But no, I, yeah that that's the only re- that's the only thing. I, I it's one of the things I didn't like about this movie is that I wish they would have kind of built out his turn better. 
Yeah. But it was shocking. It was shocking in the theaters. But it's my thing is that it's literally one direct scene. There is no middle. It's like, oh, he's great. Oh, wait, he's not. Yeah. It's like evil dude spinning around, evil man spinning around in the chair, which he actually like acknowledges, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah. He, like, I, wish he, I, had, I wish I had a cat. That was the only way to do it. It was yeah, to uh, was to basically call it out. Right. So there's that turn, which I appreciated. Uh, there are some chase scenes. The big one being, oh, poor Jill Hennessy. <laughs> Jill Hennessy gets a bad. Oh, shoot. The, uh, which yeah. I felt bad because they had set her up to be uh, Steven's love interest the entire movie. Which was weird. Yeah. They're just like, they have no, they're like, oh, yeah. As they watch this, like, I see you're talking to the chief. Like, I think she's got her on you. And I'm like, can she not? Like, what is this? Is I definitely place? feel like that was not planned. And Steven was like, listen, come on. I'm like, I gotta have like the women. Yeah, like, no, you love me, right? gotta fu- Yeah. yeah. You gotta like, love I me. think yeah, he tells her husband or boyfriend to like take a walk at some point in the restaurant. <laughs> Literally scene. the boyfriend. Yeah. Hey, take a the walk. Date. Like if that's her husband, you can't tell her husband to take a walk, buddy. Sure. <laughs> exactly. So. No, yeah. So she basically, she, she ends up eating it in a chase scene, which was kind of gruesome real, because like she hits brutal. her head on the glass for real. Very brutal. That's like, really, it's actually really brutal for this movie. It t- It almost takes you completely out of it. It does, it yeah absolutely because I'm and like I didn't see that coming and Steven honestly Skull, why did, and honestly why did she need to die Yeah, like couldn't there have been a scene where he brings her flowers Yeah, yeah could or, we not or get something. a hospital rehabilitation scene or something Yeah, it was that was really out of the ordinary but she I mean Joe Hennessy's great she's cool straight um, strange choice but she I think she blew this role out of the out of the park Yeah, she out of the water she did great. excuse me she did great knocked out um, of the park but you know what I meant. So uh, in this, so in during this chase, Steven's basically trying to run away. He gets on a bike, and now he's like road rashing it through the freaking crowds while cars is chasing him. I, I thought that was cool. This. I thought that was cool. There is the part at the end which is amazing. So basically, Steven is caught in an alley. He has to slide under a semi truck, a low bear, you know, a low, you know, bed semi truck. The other car doesn't see it. It gets to the top of the car cut off. Steven has nowhere to run, and the car is heading towards him. Homeboy jumps over the car awesome. like a literally like the kobe bryant like keto master or, where he like jumps over the freaking supercar yeah J- like but it's not even like he jumps on the hood and like runs up it does like a leap and then clears the entire thing i definitely heard the bionic the six million dollar man oh yeah that like yeah if that was going on in the background it might as well i was just like come on with my ass Freaking Steven Seagal. Listen, but like I expect no less from Steven Seagal. What no, if uh, he had, no he had to he had to What if done. I just clear it? What if in this scene I just jump it? Okay, did Steven, you whatever hear, you want. Did you hear the story about him in, in um is it not Air Force One? What's the what's the one with him and Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell's the president. Oh, uh no, it Kurt Russell's not the president. It's executive decision. Executive decision. Did you hear yeah. the story about him on that movie? No, but so, I but imagine it's going to be strange. It's ridiculous. So, it's spoilers for executive decision. Steven Seagal dies fairly early in that movie. I remember that being crazy. Right. So, basically, he's like, you know, oh, he's basically like in between planes and like he closes the door. So, the, the you know, Kurt Russell's safe. His thing was like he wanted to freaking hold on to it after it exploded and still be in the movie. <laughs> I remember this. He wanted to survive. A he wanted plane to survive crash? the plane, the plane crash. He wanted to hold on like freaking, <laughs> like freaking Mr. Fantastic. 
on the bottom of the friggin' plane. I can't. I, I, I can't. Cause stop. sure, cause I'm sure, Steven Seagal. It's ridiculous. I remember that story, and I'm just like, what is happening? I remember hearing that story a long time. I'm like, what the hell? Steven but I, I remember him dying early being a really good part of that movie. It was because they yeah. focused on him in the uh, trailer, and then you're like, oh, Steven Seagal is this entire movie. No, he's only in like the first like thirty. 40 minutes, maybe 30 minutes, probably. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the, <laughs> I remember that Steven Seagal moved forever. Yeah. Steven Seagal is ridiculous. Yes. He can jump over a car. This is the powers of Steven Seagal, uh, you know, with his crazy martial arts. Uh, so we'll get to the ending of this movie. Basically he finds out like the cops are crooked. He needs, he's going after yep. him. He knows what led, they're led by Mind his you. best friend, Bruce McGill, the other heel turn of the movie. <laughs> oh, Bruce yeah, is gonna- also bad. Why did that heel turn have to happen? I don't, it didn't, couldn't. Do you know why that heel turn had to happen? Because Bill Duke needed to come in there and be a badass. That's why that turn had to happen. Yeah, Bill, oh man, Bill Duke he's is, great. He's, he's I great. don't understand why he's wearing a hoodie and no body armor. Because he's cool as hell. But he is cool as hell, so I'll allow it. So basically what happens is, is we get to the, the ending of this movie, but there's basically the, the final deal setting up. We found out DMX is actually working to, you know, expose crooked cops and he's putting their yeah. information on he the has web like and a, that kind of thing. a civilian like crack team and they're they're working outside the law to kind of i, I guess Eva break Mendez up these drug the girl rings. in the chair and she's amazing yeah she's got like 18 screens in front of her like so swordfish was her voice overdubbed with somebody else's voice i feel like that's not eva mendez's voice no i no i don't think so I mean, they might have overdubbed some stuff, but no. I I, like, I feel like it was ADR, but not by her. No, it's, a, I mean, this is like probably one of her early roles. So like, it's probably just yeah. like young Eva Mendes. Also, so yes, uh, DMX is actually a good guy. Yep. Uh, he gets all this money from his tech business that he sold. That's why he has this money to expose 999.com. Cops. I actually and thought that, it was very clever. Search the internet for everything under $10. We actually have a place down here. It's like any tux 35 bucks and that made me think of that it was like a good Any like rental tux, tux like tuxedo yeah you can rent a tuxedo for 35 bucks okay florida all right i'll give you that one in the week <laughs> it's, 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 it's for weddings i just i don't know anything that rhymes like that i'm just like oh that's stuck in my head forever but uh and also dmx buys a lamborghini diablo which i love that car roadster it's so oh, he, it dro- and he drives the shit out of that car that car is like in a lot of this movie which it when they when he spots seagal's dodge ram and like he drifts behind it. That was a very well shot scene. That was, that cool. was that so was, cool. That was super cool. So we get to the basically the end fight of this movie where the deal is going down. The double turn has happened. And then Steven Seagal's old boss that sent him to the precinct is going to shoot him in the head because it's his deal all along. There was a man behind the other man. And so, Jonesy, can you explain how Bill Dukes knew to break into the thing? Nope. No cool. idea. Right, I was so, so confused. Because basically, Steven Seagal calls Bruce the, McGill. Bruce McGill. And says, He's you're like, my old friend. You're the only one I, I can trust. You. I yeah. need you right now. I need backup. I'm calling for help. I don't ever call for help. I'm calling for help now. He's like, I got you. He shows up. He's like, I didn't know who else to trust. It's just me. The reason is just him because he's the actual, the, the big bad in this entire thing. So, so I used some mental gymnastics. This is what I think happened. Sure. Did he call two people? Bru- no. So this is what I think. I think so in the beginning beginning of the film after the vice president uh situation. Sure. Bruce McGill tries to fire him. Yes. But then he says, If you have a problem, go see Bill Duke. Obviously I don't remember the character names, they're not important. 
No, it's because so, it's freaking Bill Duke. Bill Duke purposely sends Steven Seagal to the 15th. So I think Bill Duke was on to Bruce McGill's game, sends Steven Seagal to unwittingly turn up because he knows he's a rogue cop and he'll he'll sniff it out. Sure. And then Bruce McGill is being monitored by Bill Duke. So do and you think somewhere this is... on the cutting room floor, there are scenes to set this up, uh-huh. but they cut him. So do you think in the grand scheme of this movie, this is Bill Duke planting Steven Seagal into this precinct yes. to then fish out the other dude? Yeah, and I think... I, I love I it. Think, Let's go, baby. I'm I think in. the story editor thought that would be understood, but you really need to like pay attention to make that assumption. They need to like... Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, fill in the I, blank. I need the listen, I need the director's cut of Exit Wounds. Where are we at? Yeah, absolutely. Please I need don't. To, please don't make that. No, do not do that. We're not watching it again. Um, but yeah, so right when Steven Seagal is about to die from the second turn, uh, Bill Duke blows open the door with a shot. Only with it. Only man, gun this man is using is a shotgun, and, boy, and he, he never pumps it. Sh- that I recall, it's an automatic shotgun. So no, he pumps it. Does he? Yeah. He fires three rounds at Bruce McGill without pumping it. The, the pumping is implied. I think he is pumping it. He's getting a lot of bullets out of that shotgun. That's a t-shirt. The pumping is implied. No, it's not. That's gross. So all hell's breaking loose. And then we kind of get the break-offs of um, Steven Seagal goes after Michael Jai White. Um, DMX goes after, is there any martini? Martini. Yeah, Martinelli or whatever. Martinelli, yes. Yeah. The other, the secondary bad guy. And they kind of break off and fight. And then Bill Dukes is like going after the the chief. Bill Duke basically texts out the whole gang, though. Oh, like, my God. Bill Duke with that shotgun is yeah. ridiculous. He's like so a Bill, surgeon with that shotgun. He's always so good. So he's basically taking out all the other guys that are trying to, you know, that are at this drug deal. And he has this badass move where Isaiah Washington kicks a propane tank in between those guys and Bill Duke stands up and shoots it with a shotgun and it explodes. Now, I mean, Sick. as far-fetched as it was, that was really cool. It was great. And then Bill Dukes, then why did Bill Dukes let that guy shoot at him? No idea. Cool. He did miss though. Yeah. Which but is like, like Bill, did Bill Duke know he was going to miss? No. Yeah. A <laughs> I, lot of this final fight does not it, add up. It was, it was, it was wild. Yeah, we're taking it fight by fight. We'll go over each fight because it's kind of each of them are kind of their separate things. Bill Duke says, Bill Duke starts shooting this dude. Like, mind you, he's wearing a vest. He shoots all around the vest because he yeah. kills Bruce Duke's McGill crazy. the first kills shot. Bruce McGill, and then badass line of like, you're fired. Oh, yeah. I I laughed out loud. Love it. That's laughed great. out loud. That's great. Great line. All the money spent on that, on all those was amazing. Thank you for Bill Duke to show up and kick ass. Love it. Um, so that's that fight. So that's one guy off the board. Let's go to DMX and the other crooked cop, the Martinetti guy. Yep. So DMX is caught in this room. I have to. I have to talk about this. DMX is caught in this room. He's he's hiding behind. He has a shotgun. He is hiding behind like cement bags. Another guy comes in. So DMX's move to not leave hiding but still use a shotgun is he takes his belt. And I don't know if functionally this is possible, but. It works. I don't believe it is. I mean, it worked it in the movie. I also don't believe it is. He basically tied his belt around the, the trigger as well as the the reload. Uh, what is it called? Oh, my God. I can't even think. The pump? Yeah, he ties one in around the pump, one in around the trigger. He then throws the gun in the air and pulls his belt, which then shoots the shotgun. Yeah, stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> He's ki- But he killed like three dudes doing this. 
Yeah, I somebody thought this was a good idea, and DMX co-signed it. It is not sure. It, it's like a John Wick ridiculous. move, but John Wick wouldn't even do this. No, John Wick would find a way to do a kickflip three times. Yeah. yeah, so DMX from cover precision shotgunning was wild. Um, he then fights the other cop. They're kind of... This isn't really like a martial arts fight. It's a very just like close quarters. Yeah, I uh, thought it was strange that it... I guess because they thought Steven Zagal was hand-to-hand, they would have to go open-hand, but... I guess they do their best to do some sort of slug it out fight. I thought the right, cement this, powder was a little ridiculous. I mean, it's that's that trope of like, you can't see, where am I at? And then just like punches him and stuff I, like that. I, th- I think they set up that whole cement covering just to have DMX being cleansed by the sprinkler. That was a good shot. Just to, and, good I shot. mean, and, gotta, the, and, the, and the ending music comes on. Come on. DMX is ripped. X oh, so gave good. it to us in the end. Yeah, so he literally stabbed. Yeah, he's literally got it gets cement over his entire head. Can't see the guy's taking cheap shots at him. DMX then falls down, stabs the guy while he's, while the guy's kicking him, stabs him in the leg, grabs him, and then lifts him up in the air and magically finds a a sprinkler <laughs> the sprinkler system to then wash it all away, and then he kicks his ass. That's that fight. Great, got him. So the last fight of the movie. Yeah. Is Steven and Michael J. White. Yeah. Jai White, excuse me. Michael Jai White could have cleaned his clock <laughs> in like three moves. Killed this man in a heartbeat. Yeah. There's a there's a point where I legit saw Michael Jai White not land a blow. Cause he's yeah. like, uh oh, like he literally goes like, Oh, if I do this move, I'll, I I it's obvious I can win this fight. No, so I got to talk about the beginning of this fight real quick because there's one part where uh, Michael J. White stole a gun and he's shooting him and Steven Seagal takes a fire extinguisher and blows it, but like they're really far away from each other. Yeah, <laughs> so, I like, imagine that didn't cloud any, was right. nowhere near Michael J. White. No, but it, well, it did in the shot, but yeah, like how are you, you're like 20 feet away, why are you using a fire extinguisher? Mind you, it blinds Michael J. White and he's got to drop the gun, so now they're like... Now he's got to pick up his trusty sword. Right. It wasn't even, it was, it, it, but it's not even a sword. It's like basically the thing, if you guys have ever been in school or anything, you've seen like paper yeah, cutters. Yeah, paper like the big cutter. But it, right. So paper happens, cutter I've ever freaking seen, by the way. Oh, it, it, yeah. So it happens to both of them pick up paper cutters, and that is a sword fight. Michael Jai White does a freaking split in the air spin attack with a sword. Dope. It, was, it. it was, I, would, I don't so want to use that bomb. It was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, back to Michael Jai White is the S. Like yes. he is so good in this movie, and wasted in this. No, movie. and and then all Steven Seagal is doing is just like cross block, up block, cross block, up block, and then he's like he's slice forward, slice forward. Nothing. You could like- tell the way that Michael Jai White was like placing, like he was going, he was um doing the staggered step, like he yeah. was like, let me just do one spin kick. And just knock this guy out. <laughs> just like take him like out. Like one roundhouse kick and Steven Seagal's done. Chopping him right. like a tree. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> that was the, the all that fight. Michael the helicopter White, chase. Yeah. Michael Jai White basically gets away, calls for a helicopter because, of course, in any of these movies, a helicopter is on standby at any, you know, at any time. Calls a helicopter, drops the rope. Uh, he then flies away with the brief face of money. Steven Seagal then grabs the ladder. I... He, Jonesy, I swear to God, I thought he was going to hold on to it at oh the my. end of the building and pull him down. Fam, 100%. Oh, my God. I was like, 
Is this man going to use his fucking strength to pull a helicopter down? Pull it rung by rung? Yeah. Like Captain America in The Winter Soldier where he bench, where he uh, bicep curls the helicopter? I thought it was going to happen. A hundred percent. Fam, I am 100% on the same page of like, he's going to single-handedly pull the helicopter out of the sky. God, it would have been so ridiculous. But no, he does. It would have been better if he did. But yeah. he didn't. He basically tie he basically ties the ladder to a pipe and then the rung breaks and then Michael Jai White falls and takes a pipe right through the right through his chest. Only yeah. way Steven Seagal could have won that fight, because he definitely wasn't gonna win him. No, he was yeah. No, that man was not winning. So Michael Jai White's done and then hit that DMX music, baby, and then yep. They That's get it. they get they get his brother they get his brother out, Dragon's out of there, so good for and him. And they, they wrap it all up with a conversation. Hey man, I got your brother out two hours ago. I thought that was the right move. What <laughs> yeah. the what? Wait, what do we do all this for? Then? What do we even? And then the best part of the movie is they go back to Tom Arnold's support group. Yes, and now Steven Seagal's into it. And then for ten minutes over the credits, Tom Arnold and Anthony Anderson riff. So that's an entire improv thing. So that is actually consistent with the other movies. They Tom Arnold okay. and, and Anthony Anderson also not on like um on the talk show, but they'll just like sit on a couch and just riff for like 10 minutes. I mean, it it's actually hilarious. pretty funny. It's pretty, <laughs> it's pretty dumb. Yeah. Um, so yes, yeah, so that is the ending of the movie. You're in credits and they're just talking about like just dumb improv stuff. So that's how the movie ends. We got to start some new category where it's like wildest ass endings. Yeah. Of a Cause movie. The, if we watched a movie where they, besides crouching tiger, which had one of the most beautiful endings of all time. Yeah. We, we martial arts movies don't know how to end. It feels like. Sure. I mean, out of the three that I can think of are wildest that we've watched is <laughs> yes, yes, Madam. 100% the wildest. Royal Warriors and then uh, Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah. What yeah, a crazy, crazy ending. I don't know. Maybe we make a, yeah, I've, I've been making lists lately, so maybe we make a list. Also, that reminds me, um, we do have on Letterboxd a list up for uh, Twin Vipers uh, movies, basically the movies that we're going to hit uh, eventually that we just update. So those will be the list of movies uh, and we'll probably add some more later. But yeah, if you want to see what we're kind of got our eyes on later on, that's a good kind of way to scope that out. But Jonesy about this movie, eggs of wounds. What are you giving it? I feel bad saying this. Cause I know you love this movie. This is two stars. Jesus. That's yeah. Fine. It's, but I'll give it three. I will say I did like, it. I, I, I can respect the two stars. Yeah. I, I, I would not. I mean, if you're putting up against early Steven Seagal, this does not rank. I think story-wise, it was a mess. Yeah. Uh, but I, I loved all the star power in the movie. I love yeah. Bruce McGill. I'm a huge Bruce McGill fan. I thought DMX was really good. DMX is good. He's a good actor. Yeah, I, I was shocked by how good of an actor DMX was. But he definitely me, he played the part really well. Like, yeah. he, he, you know, he didn't feel like... He definitely didn't feel out of place. Like, he was just a cool dude. Like, that's DMX, so... Just too crazy of a movie for me to really give it a fair shake. I no, I get it. This is three for me. I mean, I totally understand the two. There's just some wild ass like stuff in there. I just remember having, I don't know, maybe it's like stuff with like the car and just like the really like dumb fights. I kind of, I'm kind of into it, but not like, but whatever. It's a three. It's, I'm not, it's not like a I five mean, star listen, banger, I, I, three's fair. I also love Jet Li's The One, which is probably just this is also true. Is this your Jet Li's The One is what you're <laughs> this, saying? This is your Jet Li's The One, I this, think. This might be. Wait, what did you get? You gave Jet Li The One a four, didn't you? I know. I think I gave it three stars. Right, Let the record fair. show. I believe but, I yeah, gave that three stars. We've got, we can log, we can look back on there. But no, this one is a three for me. I 
I enjoyed it. Maybe, but maybe it's an maybe like Jet Li's the one for you. It's yeah. a nostalgia thing, and I enjoyed scratches that itch of a time in your life. Exactly. I mean, come on. I am excited. He was like, I'll dodge the bullet. You got to give him a star. I I am excited. I am more excited now to go see Romeo Must Die and uh, uh, come on, brain. Cradle to the grave. Cradle to the grave. And knowing that this movie is what it is, I yes. I'm interested to see the other two. Again, that falls into the whole like 2000s kind of movies. They all kind of fall together. But yeah, it, you know, it's, it's Cradle of the Graves cool and Romeo Style is really cool. So yeah, those are definitely on our watch list. So we'll check this out. I mean, so all right, the two for Jonesy, three for me. Together, it's um, a five star movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you plug both together, it's a five star movie. I don't know. I couldn't watch it again, but I, I did enjoy no, the rewatch. Definitely not. All right. So, Jonesy, do you want to tell the people what our next movie is? So, I am super excited about our next movie because I don't think I've seen it in 20 years. 1989's Same. Muay Thai Vehicle, starring the muscles from Brussels, Kickboxer. Yeah. Kickboxer. We needed more. Jean Claude in our life, Ooh, so we decided I mean, this one was the next to next to go. We uh, Bloodsport was a big episode for us. I I I mean, it makes me smile, but how much fun we had watching that movie, talking about it. Kickboxer, I think the magic will be back. I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait. I kind of remember at least how the last fight scene kind of goes, but mm-hmm. I not not you know step for step, but. Yeah, I remember Kickboxer being fun. Also, it's a classic, like Bloodsport, so can't wait. There, there was like four Kickboxer sequels, so it's this, this is the originator. Really, but Batista was in one of them. I think he, I was, think he yeah. was in The Return, right? Because yeah. Jean-Claude plays the teacher role. He right. comes back as the trainer. Right. Yeah. I don't know if we're watching that one. We're good. going to the first one first, and then we'll still play it by ear. Yeah. Uh, we got Kickboxer some, month. Think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kickboxer December. I don't know. Um, all right, so uh, twinvipers_pod at gmail.com. Also, twin Vi- if you guys have any questions or anything like that you want to send us, also twinviperspod on Instagram and Twitter. Um, rate and review us if you want. It's good for the algorithm, and if anybody's looking for a new martial arts move podcast, we'd come up, so we appreciate it. Um, thank you always to everybody that listens to us. We're going to send everybody out with the Zen martial arts quote of the week, which is, I am a shark. The ground is my ocean. And most people can't even swim. Rickson Gracie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of picked that just because it had shark in the beginning of it. And I'm like, that's a weird Steven Seagal thing to put at the beginning of a quote. So sure, let's go. <laughs> Hickson Gracie, BJJ champion. Yep, for sure. Uh, Jonesy, any last words for the audience? No, I can't wait for Kickboxer. And uh, thank you all for continuing the journey with us. Absolutely. Thank you all for joining us. For Jonesy, this is Fam. We are the Twin Vipers, and we will see you next time. This, this, this is a Tape Deck Podcast. Mm-hmm.